Welcome to the 145th episode of the Crack Die Podcast. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. Level 12, motherfuckers. Level 12. I figured out what I wanted, guys. <laughs> you did. I did. It took so long. No, you're fine, honey. <laughs> so question for everyone. What is the highest you've ever played a character prior to this game? I don't do drugs, Sean. <laughs> That's a good question. I think I have a character that's up to 16 or 17. Is this in any edition? Is that your question? Yeah, obviously not just in second edition because it's this. Yeah, it's this. Yay. No, in any edition. Have you gotten someone to 20? Yeah, I've done 20. I've done epic level games. The person I got to 20, we started from one, got to 20. The epic level game, we started just epic levels and played, you know, back when there was an epic level handbook. Was that the Kingmaker game, babe? The Kingmaker is the one I got to 20. Yeah. Yay. I'm going to say I cheated because my first experience with it was actually Homebrew D&D campaign and I jumped in way late and I think they were 16th level and the GM insisted I be a bard because that's what I do in real life or did in real life. I was like, well, that's cool. He also insisted that anytime I did any bardy things that I would actually sing them. I was like, cool. This is a fun game. That's a conversation for a different day. Yep. Okay, we're not asking the worst GM stories. Yeah, right? Because that sounds horrible. Yep. There's more to that. But again, different day. But yeah, Brianna would be my highest level character that I've gotten from 1 to 12. So yay. Nice. Congrats. Thanks for not murdering me. I've tried. Heidi? This is it. This is it? <laughs> this is the longest I've ever played a campaign in my whole life. Usually it's all one-offs. And when we would play, my brother would DM and we would play a game called Violence. And if you've ever played that, it's like the kill count that counts. And I always won. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just always chosen violence. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It's healthy. It's healthy. Rob? 259. <laughs> and in human math? No, no, that is human math. It's GTA Online, oh. and the character's 259. <laughs> well, in that case, hold on a second. Yeah, it's like, wait, wait a sec. Does that count? You're one level behind me, so... <laughs> Am I? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I... Excuse me. Uh-oh. <laughs> we have to record! <laughs> cool. Well, congratulations to those of you who have made their highest level character in a tabletop RPG, and for those of you who have gotten higher than this character-wise, well good for you wait sean how about you what's the highest level you've taken a character to and who was it well i think it's actually catrian sean suffers from an affliction known as forever gm oh no 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 it's not an affliction i love being a gm like i should be better at it for the amount that i've done it but <laughs> it's not an affliction i prefer being a gm i have control issues you no no i kid i kid i don't <laughs> so i think catrian is actually my highest laid character in a tabletop game fourth level yeah because I, I gm most of the time and when you don't gm you do like pathfinder society stuff right yeah yeah which is level five in first edition pathfinder if we're talking larps that's a different conversation but that's a hard thing to compare. Right, right. I've never played a LARP with levels. I think the ongoing campaign ones, like KR definitely did have levels, right? Yeah. I don't remember how far I took Myron, but I remember her healing was at max. She's a max level healer. Yeah, not really. More dots, more dots, more dots. So many dots. So many dots. 
So many dots on the dance floor. Minus 50 DKP. <laughs> you can always eat older vampires to raise your level. Well, that lowers your generation. I mean, you know, actually, you want to go to a lower number. What's a little Diablery between friends? <laughs> I have a fun story about how a f- one of my friends accidentally Diablerized an elder in a vampire game. But <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll talk about Paul another time. I would say that as a vampire player, the best time to do Diablerie is directly after someone has checked to see if you've done Diablerie. (laughs) (laughs) Because hopefully they won't check again until after all those black lines have faded. Oh, I just assumed you Diablerie is the person who checked so they couldn't tell anybody. Oh, no, I just mean like get checked. And then as soon as you get checked, you go Diablerie someone because there's like a certain amount of time that if you lay low, like that just goes away. Yeah, like it'll your aura will clear. Yeah. And you're like, you just checked me. I, I'm fine. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, I just passed my drug test. Blaze it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately on the way out of the doctor's office. Very short diversion because it's my favorite story a friend of mine has ever told about vampire. But there was this one guy who like decided he was going to max out all of his social skills and be able to get away with a whole bunch of shit and like never get caught with anything. And the Seneschal, the prince's right hand, was known for like his Auspex pose. So this guy comes up and he's like denying everything he's done all this year. And the prince looks at the Seneschal who just kind of assumes his pose and goes, he's lying, my lord. And the guy like freaks out out of game. He's like, what are you talking about? You didn't even run a test. And he literally goes, I'm bluffing. I'm framing you. Like this isn't just a stats game. And the guy lost his shit. That is so good. (laughs) I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm framing you. I don't have to run a test because he's going to believe me either way. I'm framing you. That's my favorite part about LARPs is just lying to people and then be like, damn it. Wait, you lied to me? No. That's a thing? But I definitely have lied to people in the past where people were like, did you do this murder? I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, and move on with their investigation. And I'm just like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show my age here, but uh, way back when there was a text-based vampire game online, and I remember playing it, and everyone's description said that they were the most beautiful creature that you have ever laid eyes on. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> and then you look at their appearance and it'd be like, zero. Yeah. <laughs> you can mechanically do that, and you have not, so... I have a special place in my heart for Vampire the Masquerade. I Maybe this means we need to do a mini-series on our stuff. Yeah. If it's a stream, am I allowed to show up in my most raggedy clothing with an index card that says Armani suit? Because I- <laughs> <laughs> no, do I not? <laughs> no. Listeners, let us know if you're in our Discord. Let us know if you'd be interested in hearing like a limited series for Vampire. But we're not playing Vampire right now. We're playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition and people leveled up. Oh, are we? We did. Woohoo! Yay! At the end of the last episode, we heard what Twin Talon did to ruin my day and what Brianna did to ruin my day. We started hearing what Soraya was doing to ruin my day. So, uh, Soraya, Christine, what else did you take? Well, in addition to my two horrifying new bombs, I also have now uncanny bombs. So that means I can throw them 60 feet instead of the previous 30 from Farlobber. Circumstance bonuses from cover reduced by one. And I automatically succeed on flat checks against concealed opponents. 
So that's a thing. Nice. That's gross. And since I have taken all of the options that I can take for Familiar Master as my dedication, I have taken the Exorcist dedication as well. So I have a spirit vessel now. During my morning preparations, I can basically call a wisp into it, and I help wisps and remnants move on to Phrasma's Boneyard. And in doing so, they may help me out a little bit by reducing damage from incorporeal creatures, ghosts, haunts, positive or negative damage. I believe those are my outstanding updates. So my skill feat is Assured Identification. So I fail instead of crit failing. If I crit fail, I just fail instead. And if I don't crit succeed on a curse item, I don't misidentify it. I just don't know what it is. Cool. All right. So now you have some ghosts and things like that. Nice. I do. So now I have a flesh raven and a bunch of ghosts hanging around and life is good. Life is spooky good. Is it? (laughs) Knife sword. Yep. As I hang my head, what did you do? <laughs> uh, I did stuff, and um, uh, I'm, I've been lonely in lately, so I got myself a friend. Oh, no. Well, I got a tat of a friend and kind of imagined it into being. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, and then also, I thought that was a pretty cool trick that the spider did, and so now I can do that exsanguinating thingy. Oh, God, you have exsanguination now? Oh, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. So here's my question, Rob. Does Knife Sword have a back piece or a chest piece for his tattooed friend? Oh, I was thinking like uh, like a shoulder, like, you know. Oh, okay. Not just forehead. (laughs) I was also going to say, does he have the face tat going on here? How would you ever go into an interview? I can't do that. You're already 80% mouth. Is that really going to take that much more away? I have to win the costume contest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So I guess we'll see more of that stuff when we get to it. Heidi. Ooh took on battle medicine because she's tired of seeing people like getting real close to dying every single time. And she's tired of dying herself. So she took on battle medicine. She's also taken on silence and strike, which just means that if I strike them, a foe must succeed at a fort save against my class CC, which is currently 31. And if they succeed, then nothing happens. But if they fail, they're stunned one and they must succeed a DC flat check of 11 to use any linguistic components, linguistic actions or supply verbal spellcasting components until the end of the next turn. And then if they super, super duper fail, then they get stunned three, which is real great for me. I've also taken on a Dread Marshal stance. The Marshal aura increases to a 20-foot emanation, grants my allies and myself a bonus to damage rolls equal to the number of weapon damage dice of the unarmed attack or the weapon that I'm wielding that has the most weapon damage dice. And when myself or one of my allies in my aura critically hits an enemy with a strike, the enemy is frightened one. Nice. So, you look mad. Don't be mad. (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm, you know what? It's fine. I always, like, I hear these amazing things that you guys can do now, and I'm really excited for you. But then I look at what my monsters can do, and I'm like, oh, it balances out. It's fine. Oh, no. It's fine. And I would like to say that I was wrong about preparation. I can only use it once per turn because it has the flourish trait. So I can't just bank three actions. However, silencing strike is a strike that does regular damage and stuns people. And she can do that every single time she attacks, which is awesome. Nice. Fuck yeah. Who's out here just like, I'm going to regret make you regret your entire life. No more spellcasting. Just punching everybody <laughs> right in the mouth all the time. Yeah. Cleaver to the face. This is the quality content you guys come here for. 
Love you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it now. It's good. We're good. So what do you guys want to do? Are we continuing on our way? Yeah. To the gray. Yeah, keep doing the thing we were doing. Yeah. Wait, did we go over knife swords things? We did. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I may have forgotten one. <laughs> oh, no. And what is that? Well, I've been reading a lot of books lately, and I've learned some things that are, I don't know, interesting in the way that if I told you that it would probably turn your ice, your blood to ice, and then your ice to blood. Yeah, maybe like that. Oh, no, my drinks. Is this another <laughs> spell you know? Or No, no, no. There's just things that if once you hear them, you just can't unhear them, so. Oh, Oh, you're one of those now. What? I just assume there's eldritch nonsense happening. You know, I mean, it's just, it's like just really crazy stuff out there. You just, you don't know. I know. No, you don't. I know I don't know. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. You don't know that you don't know. You don't know. I know. I don't know. I don't know. What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so you've defeated this spider thing. Has it been an hour? Have we filled it an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> And yeah, do you guys want to continue to the greys? Yes. All right. I was kissed by a rose on the gray. Baby. Kiss from a rose. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Are we going to a gray yard? <laughs> hey. <laughs> All I can tell you is it is very dark when you arrive. There's no lanterns outside except for the very front door. And as you approach, you see that there is a house to your left, a little like shack to your left. And to your right, there's a door. And directly to your south is a double door. Mm, looks like there's torchlight coming from the door to the south. The Cathedral of Phrasma overlooks acres of squat mausoleums, weathered monuments, and grave markers from its commanding point within the Grey District. The dark stone blocks of its high walls give it a somber appearance, despite the elegant lines of its construction and the intricate stained glass windows. A 20-foot-wide cobblestone path leads to the main entrance, while a smaller stone outbuilding sits nearby. Carvings of the Lady of Graves flanks the ornate main double doors to the south, while a smaller plain door offers entry into the cathedral's northern wing. Truth in advertising, this place is gray. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's because you're viewing it in dark vision, but... I mean, everything... Even I. <laughs> if you don't have dark vision, you probably can't see anything. Who starts grabbing around in the dark? I've got you. I've got you. Do you have a lantern? Me? I, I'm not sure what I have. <laughs> Let me check my sack behind my back. Can she see the light coming from the door to the south? I thought I had low light vision. Yes, you can definitely see where the light is coming from. You just can't really see anything around it. Who still pretends, I can't see, I can't see. You know, I will just hold your hand if you'd like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no. So you think it's safe to assume Ooh and Saray are holding hands? But you don't see anyone around. It's about 10 o'clock at night on the 3rd of Lamashan. Question about the timeline of leveling up real quick. So usually I would have a spirit wisp in my little vessel, a sort of daily preparations, but I can also take 10 minutes and basically call one into it. Can we have done that in the heal fest? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, during the heal fest, I'm going to say that any new abilities you have, you can use any new spells that you may have suddenly just realized you have spell level or you don't refresh spells. So if you cast anything that was still expended, but other than that, you should be good. But conditions are still in effect. Conditions are still in effect. So those of you who are drained are drained until you can rest. 
Cool. As far as vision goes, as long as there is a wisp in the little vessel, it also gives off dim light. Okay. So two of you are drained at level 12, and that's really the only thing that's kind of lingering. Just remind me real quick, before we went to see Queen Cressida, I and Soraya, Soraya and I were both stupefied, one. That condition has since passed. Correct. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. So who wants to go in which door? To the right? To the left? Straight ahead. So you gave a description, Sham, but I'm not sure which doors you were referring to. Because when, we, when you're coming in here, there is a door, because we're coming from the north, it looks like. So there's a door to our east, west, and south. We're coming from the north. So what do these buildings look like, the three buildings that were, or the three doors? The smaller stone outbuilding is on the west. A plain door to the cathedral's northern wing is to the east. And even though it only shows one door, I just did that to make it easier for me. There is a double door to your south. Okay, I think that was the confusing part. The east door leads to the north wing. Yeah. Do we want to go into the building that has light in it? Yeah. I would check the stone outbuilding first, just because if it's an outbuilding, it's not connected to anything. And once we clear that, it's like, we don't have to worry about it, right? Or something sticking up in us. That's true. Twintana, do you want to go ahead and listen at the door and check that it's safe to uh, go in. I'll, I'll cover you. Okay. So Twin Town's going to move to the west and listen at this stone outbuilding door. Suspicious moaning. <laughs> Ooh and Soraya are not in there at this time. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Ooh doesn't need a private space to elicit suspicious moaning. That is true. Okay. So Twin Town, as you put your ear to the door, you hear... Sleeping. Sounds like sleeping. Wake up! Uh, it sounds like somebody's sleeping inside. Twin Talon will try the door just to see, like, we'll actually look for traps or alarms or anything like that, but assuming he doesn't find them, he will try to see if the door's locked. It is locked. It is. Okay. Well, then I will attempt to pick the lock. Okay. Give me a thievery check. 42. You look at the lock and it gets scared and falls open. <laughs> it knows it's good for it. Okay. Then I will try to silently slide the door open. Okay. So what, what do I see when I open the door and look inside? So you see that this is a sparse room is a combination of a home, workshop, and storage space. A wooden loft provides a sleeping area above a simple kitchen and a living space along the northern half of the building. The southern end holds shelves of supplies, gardening, and masonry tools, and other materials for maintaining the cathedral and its grounds. You see at the kitchen table a stern-looking woman, head down on her chest, and you see that she is sleeping. Sleeping on the kitchen table. Fell asleep in their chair. As in like they just nodded off or like it looks suspicious. No, no, no. You see like a plate and like utensils and it looks like there's crumbs and stuff on the table. Someone had a long day. Okay. And it's not unusual that like people would be here, right? This is the Ferazmites area. Yeah. This looks like the groundkeeper Willie's shack is what this looks like. Okay. It looks like there's another person inside the door. They're in the balcony, but yes. You can hear two people snoring. So Swin Town will kind of poke his head back out and be like, there's two people, both asleep. One's up in the loft, one fell asleep at the table. There's been a lot of insanity around the town. I'm sure maybe she's, they've just had a long day. You also notice that there's like three or four mugs in front of her. Oh, <laughs> in a very long day. In her cups, as it were. 
Yeah, maybe a little in the cups, you know. Tintel's going to take a step in to see if he can get a look at who's up in the loft. Sure. A man. A man. You actually have to go up, like peek up the ladder a little bit. You see an older gentleman, long gray hair, long gray beard. You see that there's a couple of mugs at the side of the bed. You hear them kind of giving a heavier snore. Maybe they have sleep apnea. Maybe they don't. We're not quite sure. But it's definitely like, it's a drunk sleep. You can tell. Oh, yeah. And the priestess of Phrasma just died. I'm sure that they're set and probably wanted to drink that away. Well, as far as we know, like we're not, we're looking for like weird stuff down here, vampires or whatever, right? So Quintalan is going to sneak out and he'll reclose the door. Gonna lock it again? Yeah, why not? Is it something I can like turn from the inside before I close the door or do I have to like fiddle with the lock on the outside? No, you can close it and lock it from the inside. Okay, so that's what he'll do. And then he'll come back and be like, how's two people sleeping? Look like they've had something to drink, but nothing to be suspicious about, really. Nothing vampire related anyway. So we're gonna go to the one to our east then. Might as well. I'll cover you again. All right, same deal. He'll uh, walk over and listen at the door. Which door are you going to? The east? The north door to the east. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it sounds empty to you. Sometimes I'll look back and shrug, but I don't hear anything. So he'll, he'll check to see if the door is trapped or locked. All right. It does not appear to be trapped or locked. Uh, then he will try to swing it open silently. All right. Go ahead. Make my day. Okay. This looks like a dining room. Maybe a barracks? This spacious living area is comfortable, but not luxurious. Matching doors line the northern wall at regular intervals. Other doors open to the east and west, and two doors lead to the south. The furnishings include a long table, comfortable chairs, several shelves of well-worn books, and, in a large triangular alcove to the south, several crates, barrels, and storage containers. Okay, so tell them we'll look back and just be like, looks like a living space or some storage space to the south, but there's a lot of doors in here. And you see that there are some faintly glowing candles on the table. Okay. Well, it's not a Bethesda game, so I'm not going to steal them all. <laughs> so I'll poke my head in. I'll step inside. So until I'll move up to the first door on the left there and kind of listen at it. All right. So perception. All right. So hang on. Before we, we do anything, let's go in order for exploration activities. Christine, what is Soraya doing? I guess I'll just kind of be poking around a little bit because I don't really know what else there is to do. You're going in that room and poking around? Yes. Great. Haya, what is... Brianna doing? She is avoiding notice. We're following the expert, depending on what, like, I'm basically just trying to cover Matt and keep alert, but I'm trying to figure out which of the actions would be that. That's fine. Do you want you to have your shield raised or no? Sure. Okay. And you're hanging with Twin Talon. Heidi, what is Ooh doing? Ooh is following Soraya. So wherever Soraya goes, that's where Ooh will go. Aww. Matt, you're checking the first door. Mm -hmm. And Rob, what are you doing? Knife Sword notices some crates. He's going to go over and inspect them and try to figure out what's in them. Perception rolls for everyone. Okay. So, starting with Christine. Okay. As you look around, you're not really seeing anything of notice. You kind of start fiddling at the books, but nothing seems to stand out to you. Rob, how are you going through these crates? Are you trying to do it quietly or are you doing it kind of haphazardly? Wait, are we trying to be quiet? Yes, they're <laughs> sleeping. It's the middle of the night. Yeah, just opening them. Okay. 
So as you open up these crates and barrels, you see that they're fairly overpriced, but overall, nothing of value is seen. Okay, I'm going to write a note saying these are overpriced and leave it on the boxes. I <laughs> gotcha. Ooh, as you are following behind Soraya, you start looking at some of these things that she's kind of like chucking on the floor. I'm not chucking anything on the floor. Well, not chucking, but like putting them to make note that you've looked at them. You notice that there is a tile under your foot that is subtly marked with Phrasma's spiral. Y'all, did you notice this? Apparently not. What is it? It's a tile marked with Verasma's smile. Spiral. <laughs> Who said what she said? Verasma's <laughs> smile sounds like something naughty. Don't put it past who. Yeah, there's a dick on the floor. What? <laughs> Brianna will walk over and, and look, and I'm guessing recognize the symbol of Verasma. Yes, you recognize the symbol of Verasma. Okay. It is the only tile in this area that you can see now that it's been pointed out to you that has this mark on it. Hmm. Do you think it would be a, a trap or maybe it opens a passage? Maybe. Am I currently stepping on it? Actually, yes. So if you look at the floor, it looks like there's four tiles per grid square. It's on the upper left tile of the four tiles that you're standing in. Twin Talon, do you want to look at if it's a trap or not? And remind me, we're in the gray? Is that where the cathedral is? No. Yes, you're in the gray in the cathedral, correct. Which, I mean, it could lead to the Warrens. Yeah, I mean, Twin Talon will check it out. Well, as you listen to the door, Matt, you hear a sound that you've heard once before, very recently. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, you hear two different tones of snoring. Okay. So, I mean, it just seems like more people are sleeping. So he'll uh, hold up two fingers and be like, two more people sleeping in here. And I'll go check out what Ooh's got going on. I mean, Ooh definitely has it going on if you ask Soraya. Hey, that's true. So you head down and you investigate looking for traps or anything like that. Ooh promptly steps off the tile and the building explodes. Oh no. <laughs> no. No place. This is when she tells us the archetype she took was actually the demo expert. <laughs> <laughs> and everything looks clear to you. Everything seems fine. No traps. Fontana shrug, but like, I don't know. It's Phrasman Temple. It's possible they just have tiles with Phrasman symbol on it. The tile seems a little loose when you're investigating it. Uh, okay, put on, I'll pull out a dagger and try to pry it up. As you pry up the tile, you see a sleek black bag. A sleek black bag under the tile? Okay, Twin Talon will, without pulling it out, try to open the bag to see if you can see what's inside of it. Sure. You see three potions. You've seen them before. They're three greater healing potions. One panacea, a rolled up scroll and a smaller satchel that contains a seemingly endless supply of bandages, herbs, and healing items. And you see two of those. Okay, so Twin Talon will withdraw the bag. We're like, oh, we got some more healing potions. We'll pass them out. Twin Talon. Yeah. We should not be stealing from these people. Put that back. Well, they're vampires. So if we check this place out and it's clear, we'll just put it all back. But if we need it, then we'll have it. Yeah, finders, capers. 
no. So we'll take inventory of what it is. Can I tell what this bandage of, like, this endless supply of bandages is? Yes. There's two little satchels that do that endless supply of bandages. If you want to roll Arcana, Nature, Occultism, or Religion, and anyone can roll those, I posted them in the chat. So if you click on them, it will roll. And let me know if you identify it. I wouldn't know. Nope. I rolled question marks. <laughs> you think it's a hat? A hat? Ooh. Actually, Brianna, you think that those bandages could be used to make a really cool mummy costume since they don't run out. <laughs> there is a costume contest. That is true, but these are not ours. So clearly the people who are here, hopefully who are not vampires, are planning to be mummies for the contest. We have stuff. Ooh, you also think these would make a rocking mummy costume. We could win these. <laughs> we could win this contest. Twin Talon and Soraya, you both know that this is called Marvelous Medicines. This set of healer's tools contains a seemingly endless supply of bandages, herbs, and healing items of impeccable quality, granting you a plus two item bonus to medicine checks. For one action, you can activate to treat poisons or use it for eight hours to treat disease. When you activate the tools, you use them to treat poison in order to produce the effects of a neutralized poison, or when you treat disease in order to produce the effects of removed disease. Once these medicines have been used to treat a patient's poison or disease, they cannot be used again to treat the same affliction for that patient. Ever? Forever. I'm having weird deja vu. Okay. So Twin Talon will hand one to Brianna. I don't want them. Just, just in case we need it while we're here, we can, like I said, we can put it back when we're done. We can always replace it if we need to as well. Yeah, and it's endless. Okay. She'll mutter a forgiveness prayer to herself. The gods help those who help themselves. <laughs> Verizian, 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 Verizian. <laughs> hey, I heard that. <laughs> and who do you want to give the second one to? I'll keep it. Okay. There is a rolled up scroll in there as well. Okay. Can I look at that to see what it is? It's written in a weird language and you don't know what it says. Would anyone else like to take a look? Yeah, Twin Talon will show it to everybody. Like, I don't know what this says. I'll take a track. Mm, take a peek. It's written in some ancient clerical language. Knife Sword, do you want to also make a roll? Yeah, sure. Oh, ah, it was on a 20 for like a split second. 30. <laughs> With the 30, you still know. So do you, Soraya. You know that this is a scroll of Raise Dead level 7. Ooh. Raise Dead, meaning to bring someone back to life, not to make undead. Yes. This makes a corpse go wacky of the 7th degree. Raise Dead, you can attempt to call forth the dead creature's soul, requiring the creature's body to be present and relatively intact. The creature must have died within the past three days. If Phrasma has decided that the creature's time has come, and at the GM's discretion, or if the creature doesn't wish to return to life, the spell automatically fails. If the spell is successful, the creature returns to life with one hit point, no spells prepared, and no spell slots available. No points in any pools or any other daily resources, and still with any long-term debilitations of the old body. The time spent in the boneyard leaves the target temporarily debilitated, making it clumsy to, drained to, and enfeebled to for one week. The conditions can't be removed or reduced by any means until the week has passed. 
The creature is also presumed changed by this time in the afterlight, such as a slight personality shift, a streak of white in the hair, or a strange new birthmark. At seventh level, the maximum level of the target is increased to level 15, and the cost is to increase the target's level minimum one is 400 gold. So you don't have to worry about that since it's already level seven. So basically, if you can bring someone back of level 15 or lower. This scroll is sitting here. Hmm. I mean, for Asman, pre-steel and, and these things all the time, but it is strange that they are hiding these things. Can I take a look at that? Yeah. The more you look at it, this looks like a kind of like an emergency cache of like a war broke out and this is like where they go to like break glass to get people back up and going and whatnot. Who are you giving the healing potions to, Matt? Uh, how many are there? There are three. Then I'd give them to Brianna and Ooh and Soraya. Thank you. I think you're more often a frontline fighter than myself. Yeah, but in the past couple of fights, I feel like you've taken more hits than I have <laughs> for whatever reason. Because Sean. And the panacea. What does that do again? When consumed, it attempts to counteract and cures all diseases affecting you, as well as the blinded and deafened condition from spells affecting you. I don't know who's most likely to need that. Yeah, I mean, I'll hold on to it. It's fine. I mean, we have more of them. All right. Shall we continue on? Do we think we should investigate these doors to the north and south or head to the east? Yeah. I say we look at all the doors. No reason to skip one. And Twin Talon will think better about it. And he'll go back to the door he was at before and he'll see if it's locked. It is not. Uh, he will open it just to peek in to make sure all it is is sleeping people and not a bunch of vampires making sleeping sounds. <laughs> the idea of a bunch of vampires just sitting there. Just... Yeah, just making the noises. <laughs> you see that a simple bunk bed occupies this frugal bedroom. Sparse trunks and cabinets provide space for personal belongings. You see that there are two priests, one in each bunk bed, sleeping. Okay, and Twin Talon will step back out and close the door. And then we'll move to the next one and rinse and repeat. So listen at the door. No matter what I hear, I'm probably going to open the door. But if I hear like something that's more alarming, I'll probably pull people to the door before I open it. Cool. So as you listen to this door, you hear the exact same thing. You hear the sound of sleeping people. Two people sleeping, much like the last room. All right. So after I peek in there, I will go to the next one and do the same. Again, you hear the sound of sleeping, but only one person this time. All right. Sometimes I'll focus that in. Just one priest on a bed. All right, one last door down this hallway, so we'll do that one. The same snore sounds or something different? Yeah, same snore sounds. One person. Who's hidden? Pop back out. Close the door. All the rooms look identical. All right, then continuing around the room, you will move to this door on the eastern wall. All right. What is everyone else doing while Twin Talon is checking out all of these doors? Brianna, you said you were following along with him? Yeah. Okay, cool. Is there anything else that looks interesting? There's a door to the south near Knife Sword. There's also a door to the south near Brianna. But other than that, this place is pretty austere. Okay, I mean, I'll check out one of the doors to the south, I guess. Okay, which one? Knife Sword, are you going to check out that door or are you? Yep. Okay, I'll check it out with him. Okay. Knife Sword, what are you doing? How are you checking out the door? Are you listening? Are you just kicking it open? Fireball? Ooh. <laughs> Standard fireball procedure. If you insist. <laughs> Is there like a keyhole? Yeah, there is. I'm going to peer through the keyhole. All right. So I poke you in the eye. <laughs> 27. It seems pretty empty. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then I'm going to try to quietly crack the door open. And wait a minute. Oh, no, never mind. I'm not going to open the door. I'm going to cast Prying Eye on the other side of the door 
because I can see that location through the keyhole. And so I'm using the prying eye to fly around and search the area. The atmosphere in this room is markedly solemn. A hint of incense lingers in the air, and a small font stands in the southwestern corner. Carved cedar armories line the northeastern wall, and matching cabinets and shelves hold books, cups, and bowls of incense, a stylized hourglass, jars of sand, an ornate decorative dagger, and other objects used in worship services. Can I roll knowledge, occult, or religion to try and figure out what is being worshipped in here? Yeah. Will occult work? or Occult will work, yeah. I will roll knowledge fonts if Steve is Comic Sans. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Somebody had to. It is not Comic Sans, it is Wingdings. Ooh. <laughs> I got 31. So you notice that the small font in the corner is a polished marble bowl with a blue spiral, Phrasma's religious symbol, inlaid along the bottom. But it is currently empty of holy water. You would think that that is kind of unusual, that, you know, this is obviously where the priests prepare for worship, and the fact that there's no holy water is interesting. You also notice that there is a moderate thurible of revelation that hangs among many of the tools. There is also a fancy-looking ritual dagger and you can tell that it is of standard grade silver. Also, the bowls of rare incense are suitable for ritual magics and worth about 800 gold pieces in all. Okay, I'm relaying this to Soraya because okay. I don't want to <laughs> scream across the room. And I'm going to mention the fact that it seems odd to me that the font is empty. Hmm, that does seem strange. Twin Talon, you don't hear anything as you press your ear to the door. Okay, I will still try the door, see if it's locked or trapped, and then I will open it if it is not. Before we go crazy, like, should we have the holy water out? Just making sure, like, if any spooky spooks want to come out at us, we're ready for them? I mean, Twin Talon has his sword out. Is there anything else that we need to, like, if a vampire does come in and attack us, that we are prepared with stakes or fire or I don't know what other kind of misses what we need? I mean, if we want to start a fire and cook a steak, I'm all for it. But I think mostly we just stab them. <laughs> all right. I just want to make sure. We're so punny tonight. <laughs> Piano will draw her silver scimitar. I might wave her over and point out to her. Most things seem fairly standard in there as far as preparing for religious services, but the font doesn't have any holy water. Do you know why that might be? Now, here's a question for you, Sean. Is it because it's nighttime and conservation of water, or is it something that should be constantly flowing? So holy water doesn't really flow through here. This isn't a fancy murder hotel, so there's no running water, but you know that they would normally keep that full of holy water just to, you know, kind of like bless themselves before they go out and do either a service or something like that. Now it is possible they ran out because there may have been a lot of people here, but still, even with a lot of people coming and visiting, that's something that would be full to, you know, it's like if you went into a, now forgive me, don't go to Catholic church, I'm not Catholic, but. No, there's usually a font that has holy water in it. Yeah, there's always like a font of water that's always full as far as I know. So the fact that that's not full is kind of strange. There is no reason for this to be empty at this time. I believe I do have holy water myself. I don't know how this works in Pathfinder. Is it just like, would Seren Ray and Holy Water be like okay to put in a Phrasmin? We're friends. We're banging buds. Just kidding. <laughs> they're not banging buds. 
Serenera is in a poly relationship with Shaylin and Desna, if memory serves. Good for her. But she's she's buddies with Calistria. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so so it, it is it is a bit strange, yes? Yes, it is definitely unusual for this to be empty. Would you feel better about taking the healing supplies if we replenish their holy water? Yes. <laughs> is the door locked? It is not. I will open the door. Okay. Yes, Brianna, you have five holy water, it looks like. Brianna will fill the basin with her holy water and will make a mental note to, should they run into a Phrasman priest that, you know, she has replenished her holy water with, Serenray's blessed water if they want to re-bless. I don't know how that works, but there you go. Yeah, I'm going to say it takes two out of your five, so you still have three left. Twin Talon has a thought. Well, after we open this door, I, I want to go flick some holy water out of this one of the sleeping priests. Okay. Did you open the door to the room that you're about to investigate? No, we, we did other people first, so it's fine. Okay. So you don't notice any traps. You don't hear anything. It's unlocked. Okay. A single bed sits against the far wall of this plain bedroom, further decorated by a functional armoire, a simple writing desk, and a small shrine to Phrasma. Okay. It is not a toilet on the map. It is a shrine to Phrasma. It's okay. Twin Town will open the armoire, which looks like it's right next to him. It's empty. Hmm. Okay. Christine, just so you know, Knife Sword told you this, but there is a moderate thurible of revelation and rare incense and a standard grade silver dagger in that room if you wanted to take them. I feel bad taking them. I don't think I want to do that. Okay. I was just letting you know. That's all. I think I actually already have a third of Revelation anyway. Does Ooze see them? Oh, yeah. Okay. Ooze gonna take them. Sneaky. Ooh, put those back. You can't see me. I'm trying to do it sneaky. You can't just say I'm doing it sneaky. You have to roll for it. You can't see me. I'm sneaky right now. <laughs> you can totally say it. <laughs> Soraya, what is your perception DC? So that is 10 plus your perception modifier. Ooh, go ahead and give me a thievery. It'd be stealth to not be seen. Stealth. Okay. That's okay. We'll keep the 19. We'll add four to that. 19 plus four is 23. Mm -hmm. Good job, Sean. Thank you. And what is your DC, Christine? 27. 27. Okay. So Soraya sees you starting to take them. Ooh, they don't need them. I think they do. They don't need them. I want them. We could have Brianna make you a silver dagger. We have a thurible. I don't trust these bitches. Does Brianna hear the commotion at this point between the two? Yes. Lover's <laughs> quarrel. What is going on here? Mind your business. Students out of bed. Listen, we've already taken their emergency provisions. You put that down this instant, like, <laughs> like Surya said. Do you have a silver dagger, Brianna, that she could borrow? Exactly. Here, you can have my dagger. And she will rummage around and hand it over. It's not about that silver dagger. It's fine, fine. Let's not anger the goddess of death. <laughs> that just that just sounds like a plan. She doesn't need it. She's dead. <laughs> no, no, no. She deals with the dead. <laughs> yeah, Phrasma herself, I don't think would have an issue smiting you for taking things from her priest that we don't need. <laughs> Unless if you're into that sort of thing, then we go to Absalon. Anyway. <laughs> you can start doing the trials of the Starstone. <laughs> Who puts everything back? Matt, do you want to flick the holy water on them? Is that what you said? Yeah, Tuntown's going to just walk into the newly bold holy water, kind of dip his hand in there, and then he's going to 
go back to the one priest who's sleeping by themselves. And Fintel's just gonna like flick holy water just so a little bit lands on the guy to see if he <laughs> notices or if like starts smoking or something like that. So if I'm getting this right, you're taking his hand and placing it in a, a warm bowl of holy water. <laughs> a warm glass of water. No, a warm glass of holy water. You boiled the hell out of it. <laughs> oh no. Nothing happens when you splash the holy water. Okay. But I am going to give you a hero point for being creative like that. Oh, thank you. I'm also going to give Brianna a hero point for refilling the water. Oh, thanks. Do I get a hero point for telling my girlfriend not to steal from a cathedral? <laughs> <laughs> Knife, sword, Soraya, and ooh, there is a door to your southeast-ish, south. Brianna and Twin Talon, there is a door to the south there. Yep, I'm going to continue... On my turn, I'm going to continue to uh, check what's going on in this door. All right. So what are the other three of you doing? We can listen to the door in our room. I'm going to dip my weapon in the holy water. Okay. And knife sword or Soraya, who's listening to the door? Do you still have the eye spell up? Can you send it through there? Uh, it should still be up. How long is the last one? One second. One second. That's not very long. <laughs> That's not even a whole round. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to... Uh... Duration is just sustained, so I guess as long as I want it to be. So yes, it's still around. Is it sustained up to a certain amount of time, though? There's no limit to how far you can move it, but the spell seems to be in the same plane of existence. I wouldn't think so. I mean, it's not like it's a... It's just like you can see stuff. No, it's not. All right. Any damage ends the spell, so you can send it into the other room. All right. I will send it into the next room. All right. In the next room, you will discover what's in there next week. What? No. Why you do this? Why you do this? Dang it. Why? I can't sustain it that long. (laughs) You can't sustain it that long. (laughs) For a whole week? (laughs) When he sleeps, it's gonna... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't you see a doctor after a certain number of hours? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Cracked Die Podcast please visit us at crackeddiepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Additional background music was provided by Tabletop Audio. Visit them at tabletopaudio.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tabletop Audio. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in making this. If you would like to join our Patreon, please visit us at patreon.com slash crackeddiepodcast.